All right, so welcome back to the live stream today. We're gonna dive into some altcoins that I think you guys are gonna like. One, of course, is already flying up the charts. We had to catch it like a hot tiger, and the other two, I think, are in route to see some magnificent games. My name is Paul Barron. Welcome back to TechPath. If you guys are first, maybe you're first to the channel here today. It's the first time here. One of the things we try to do here on this channel is really dive into technology, primarily in the blockchain industry. And we get around a lot of projects that probably may go a little over your head right now. But what I'm saying is don't get discouraged because we've had a lot of comments from new people that have uh, joined the show. First of all, thank you, because I think that's the, the key thing here is, is you're trying to learn something. You're trying to educate yourself in what has become the next generation asset class that will make a lot of people into financially stable and maybe uh, financially independent in the next maybe five to 10 years. So a lot's happening in the space and we're gonna dive in to all of that. But as I said, don't get discouraged when you hear a lot of these terms, write them down, go Google them, start doing the research and really diving into understanding what these are. Today, we're gonna dive into three coins, three projects that I think are really starting to move and show some indicators of not only the altcoin sector starting to really show some uh, potential here. And remember, altcoin season will start to uh, essentially start after we start to see the fade of what will be the bull run for the traditional um, you know, Bitcoin market. So if you're looking at altcoins right now, the, the typical scenario and strategy that you're probably in is strategy on how do you build and start to understand and identify what projects to get into? So hopefully you're into a lot of these projects already. I want to jump to this first one, which is Near Protocol. Near Protocol is launching. There's a, been a few things that they've recently launched just this past month. Um, Nightshade sharding, which is paving the way for mass adoption. This will start to change a little bit of the way that the protocol will work. And uh, the thing, the launch of the Simple Nightshade, first step toward fully sharded uh, secure blockchain since Near released the design for protocol back in 2019. This is kind of one of the biggest updates for the protocol itself. So a big deal, I think, when you look at what they're doing, and this is something that I recommend for everyone to do, when you go into, whether it's CoinMarketCap or CoinGecko, any of the, you know, the, the monitoring tools that you can start to look at all these projects on, is dive into the websites and especially into the blogs of a lot of these projects. Because in many cases, the project leads will start to give out information, in some cases, even ahead of schedule. And you can really start to learn when projects are moving. So much like Near Protocol right here on their blog. This, of course, is their blog. So you guys can jump right there on it. It's fully available. Another thing that is here is their validator upgrade has also been increased. That was one of the knocks on Near Protocol is their validator ecosystem was not as robust, I think, as they would like it to be. And if you look at the mainnet launch back in 2020, seen steady growth in the number of validators. Today, they have 60 validators on the mainnet. And with that many one, a lot more people wanting to join, but extremely high threshold, which is 3.6 million near, um, makes it almost impossible. You know, so that's the issue. But fear not, because here's what's happening. The core development team has announced that their change has now been implemented, allowing more validators to join near. This is great news for, obviously, the validators. It'll dramatically reduce the barrier of entry to mainnet and make it easier for them to, to basically maintain their seats. If more than 100 proposals are submitted, the threshold will simply 
the stake of the 100 proposal provided uh, it's larger than the minimum threshold. So uh, they do expect another 100 validators to come on uh, onto the mainnet, which is another big, I mean, if you think about that, that's huge because that's, what, a 60% increase they say there. So a, a big move in the right direction for near protocol. And of course, if you look at the chart, and we're going to get into where they're going, but if you look at this over a year, you can kind of see where they've had that all-time high, which was back towards the end of October. And we had the fall off right here. And a lot of people are wondering, is that it for near? My feeling right now, based on what I'm seeing, not only with these most recent updates, the fact that they've really uh, upgraded the sharding capability and then also the validators moving in the right direction. This is both positive news for NIR. So we could see an early pump coming to NIR. Another one that I want to take a look at is, of course, Terra. Now, we, you've seen a video that we dropped on Terra Luna, um, yeah, I think it was maybe a couple of weeks ago. And we really identified it and said, listen, this ecosystem is getting ready to explode there are a lot of things that are happening, not only from the support level and the ecosystem from a funding side, when you think about the connection to uh, what Arrington Capital is doing with Do Kwan, Do Kwan being the founder, and pretty much HMIC had been in charge over at uh, Terra. The key here is that I think this ecosystem is still highly underpriced. And a lot of people are looking where it's moving right now because it's running up the charts literally as, as we talk about it today. I still think this is a project that is highly, highly undervalued when you look at stable coins being needed for the ecosystem. And again, remember, stablecoin legislation coming our way, most likely here in the U.S., stable coins that are going to be international, we will start to see some big validation points, I think, of these projects outside the ecosystem, especially outside the United States, especially into 2022, where we'll start to see maybe USDC and definitely USDT tether maybe see some some uh, regulation that may not necessarily be perfect. It's not going to be a bad thing, but also that will depend on how the legislation is written. But I think it will put a little bit of pressure on those kind of projects. Because of that, Terra is and Luna, of course, is breaking out. And we'll show the chart on that one as well. Last up is, and before I get to that, I just wanted to show you this right here, which is the group of investor investment portfolio, I should say, of Arrington Capital. And the one I highlighted, and I think I did this in the video, is Anchor. Anchor is directly tied into the Terra ecosystem. It's a money market built on the Terra blockchain, leveraging the only stream of unlevered, reliable yield in cryptocurrency. Again, this is proof of stake on block rewards. If this one gets loose and really starts to take off, being Anchor, there could be some high, high movement for where Terra and Luna is going. And if you think about what Do Kwan is up to and his strategy, this is a good one. Just like Mirror Protocol, another major uh, project underneath the Luna system. And if you want to look at an ecosystem, we probably should do a video on this. Is And let us know in the comments or in the chat, would you like us to break down maybe all of the Luna and or Terra ecosystem and take a look at how those projects fare on the charting side for the CPI, which is our crypto power index. That's our scoring model that we use for registering sentiment and amplification. If you'd like to see, see that, let me know. Just put it over in the, in the link below. And then, of course, here is uh, Do Kwan's email. And this was the one I wanted to go. This was call to action for Anchor Protocol. We just mentioned that one. Mirror Protocol, just mentioned that one. Pylon Protocol. The new proposal by Astroport.fi, 
We'll add new Astro Rewards on top of Anchor, Mirror, and Mine. So again, they're just kind of compounding what the potential is here in terms of yields and gains. So big deal here, no-brainer as Doquan says. So lots of, lots of cool stuff there. I want to also jump over to Arweave, which is more news. If you think about what Arweave is, being the data storage for the metaverse at some point. Now, a lot of people will look to Arweave and say, hey, it's had a good pump. The metaverse is still very early. Is Arweave going to run out of steam before it actually gets to implement into real metaverse applications? As you know, on our channel, we've been interviewing CEO and lead tech developers after, I mean, just one after another. One thing that, and sometimes it doesn't come out in the interview, but one thing that I always, we have a lot of pre-interview and a lot of post-interview discussions that kind of, we should probably start recording those because in many cases, they're really good in understanding what's really happening, kind of not necessarily behind the scenes, but within the framework of what the metaverse means to Web 3.0. And, and the one thing that is consistent with all of these executive interviews that we're doing is they all agreed that the metaverse is coming faster than a lot of people think. Now, will it be the level of what we might see in the future? Just like social media, if you remember back in 2007, Facebook and Friendster and, you know, at that point, the entry level of what Twitter was, all of those were very clunky, very not what they are today in terms of just the ecosystem of social media in general. That's the same kind of thing, I think, with the metaverse is going to happen is we're going to see early entry points. It's going to start changing and helping these companies guide the process of how this works. And if they do that, they're still going to need the projects like Arweave. So Arweave now natively available in Polygon. So this is a big, a big break. Interoperability as increasingly vital topic. Blockchain and distributed ledger um, tech DLT sector continues to expand the possibilities of functions that DLT uh, networks can provide their respective ecosystems once they are well connected. Simply meaning that permanent and scalable storage like Arweave is going to be super critical in all of these chains as they start to move into the metaverse. So there's a handful of those projects out there that are similar. So I would do your homework like we do on these market movers. We'll pull all this together. We'll give you guys uh, at least a direction in the right way. And hopefully you're going out there and chasing down where your next investment might be. So not financial advice, but hopefully it does give you the kind of the scorecard on how to research projects, how to watch for projects. And then of course, the number one thing is how to understand what are the competitors. It's just like anything. If you look at stocks, you probably are shopping those the same way. Whether you're looking at a tech stock, who else does this? those kind of things, because in many cases you can buy into other projects that are maybe underpriced or not yet performing at full stride, which is maybe where we're going to see things like Arweave and also uh, Near Protocol. So again, let's jump over to the chart real quick to take a look at Near, Just to give you guys a look at the history of this project, I want to go back here in time a little bit to the last um, analysis we did on near protocol, which was mid-October. We pulled that sentiment score, which was 74.53 at the time. AMP was up 75.16, and we called what was going to be, we thought, a pretty good blow-off, and sure enough, it did. Let's take a look at what that growth was just from when we anticipated that. If you go right up here to the top, right at 71% on the gain, 
uh, right there at the at the blow off top, which was its its all time high for the year. And that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. But even then, we saw a little bit of a fade on the back end of the data from an amplification side. We didn't call it all the way up here, but it did give us the track in in terms of how to. So in in essence, our data was right. We just we weren't able to pin it right to the the point of the growth that it was having. Same thing that's happened right here, and that is if you look at where near is approaching, this is another sentiment pull that we just grabbed on the 28th. All right, now this one is running at 72.19 and a 7056. So what does that tell me? Sentiment is not flipped on this one, meaning um, with near protocol, it tells me we're going to probably see a little bit of sideways action and maybe an opportunity for some accumulation and being able to jump back in to what near could be over a period of time. If you look about where this all-time high was, right here at 1327, and it's trading right around $8. So we could see a 2X on this before the end of December, pending, of course, any kind of weirdness that may happen with Bitcoin, which I think a lot of these key altcoins will continue to fly. But anyway, that's, that's kind of where we're seeing. So I'm, I'm looking at near protocol as this might be a little bit more of a mover than people are expecting. And I want to just jump into this one just to show you a little bit of movement that we've had just so far early on this week as it starts to move into the $8 range, which it had bottomed out right here at $7.80 and has moved up to $8.30 so far. So this is going to be one that I want to watch closely. The other one, of course, I mentioned uh, is Arweave. Did the same thing here with Arweave. In this kind of scenario with Arweave, I went back a little bit further and let me kind of zoom in on this one right here. And we had pulled this amplification and sentiment on October 28th. Uh, it had spun out at 70.29 and then a 71.26. Uh, Again, another flip. And we did see the growth there. Let me take a look at what that growth, growth was right up here to this top. So that one was setting right at 100%. Um, so 2x, nice 2x there for where um, our weave was going. So... That kind of is what we were basing this on, and I wanted to take a look a little bit further into what was happening here on Arweave and whether or not this had another potential to move. Now, this one is running at 68.02 and a 68 flat. Now, this is very, very close to a sentiment flip, and we are starting to see some signs. You can kind of see the green candles zooming in right there a little bit, the green candles jumping in to where this is going. Arweave could bust out of this range and really start to overperform. And if it does, you know, our all-time, or excuse me, our, our high right here is still floating at around the $86 mark, and it's trading at around $60 right now. So another project, I think, that is definitely on the move, and it's one that uh, we are watching very closely. So I want you guys to hopefully um, kind of keep your eyes on that. And of course, last but not least is Luna, and we had already called this one uh, a few weeks back and also previous of that, I want to go back to our performance on that because this was back when we grabbed it in the last video at 71.24 and the 71.97. That was the flip that we said, okay, Luna's about ready to take a move here. That was from this point right here and we had taken it up right here to our data, which was right at a 54% gain uh, on that movement. And now we're kind of in that same position because we did see that go away in terms of if you did not sell, but most people are holding this one 
And if you look at where its bottom is right there, it had lost about 32% of its gain and retraced. So where we lie today is now this new point of sentiment running in here on uh, November 24th, kind of where that is starting to move and what that means for Luna in a very short period of time. Had this nice little run up right here, retraced a little bit and then stayed right in the path of where the growth is going to be. Again, amplifications showing higher than sentiment on this. Now remember, if, the, if you're new to this channel, let me kind of explain amplification and sentiment. So the Crypto Power Index is a project that we started many, many years ago and started building it based on how it analyzes sentiment data off of a thing called NLP, natural language processing. And that is simply uh, digital conversations on all sorts of different social media platforms. You're measuring it based on a sentiment analytic that goes against whatever project or topic you're wanting to find information on. Then you amplify that based on the Metcalf you know, effect or Metcalf's law, and that's essentially kind of the water cooler effect of how somebody talking about something causes more movement. It's kind of like how pop culture runs on movies, music, you name it. Same kind of thing. It works so eloquently on crypto because crypto is such a, dri a driven force of where social media is really driving a lot of that. And a lot of people look back to the charts, which we don't have a problem with charts. We chart here often. And we like that because it does give us different looks on traditional you know, fundamentals of how you look at charting. And then a lot of people say, well, that's all driven off of what? Well, it's driven off of sentiment. That's where price action comes from. It comes from sentiment, especially as we start to see more and more retail investors coming in the space. Remember, we've seen a lot more retail wallets what was the number? I just saw this uh, here recently. Almost, I think it was 19, or no, 1.9 million, I think, uh, Bitcoin wallets that were 0 0.01, had at least 0 0.01 of Bitcoin. So what that tells us is a massive move in retail investors. Hence, we're seeing the kind of influence on retail investment from a sentiment and amplification side of things. So just so you guys understand, obviously today is a great day. Uh, Bitcoin flying back up the charts to 58.1. We're looking at a five, almost 6% growth uh, jump on the 24. Ethereum doing a 6.84 uh, jump in the 24. And pretty much everything is, is doing an excellent, even Solana, which had a nice, uh, interesting correction here. And I've got to look into that a little deeper. But definitely, as you guys are, are watching, make sure and give us your input on projects that you'd like to see us break down because we do these altcoin updates from... We'll do these, you know, every week or so. And, you know, most of them are the typical suspects that are out there, but there are a handful of altcoins that we have in our own portfolios that I'd love to kind of see if you guys are interested in, in learning more about it, the, other than, you know, the traditional, uh, you know, high flyers that have kind of been on the show. And we will be doing an update on the Metaverse uh, portfolio. I know a lot of people have been asking about that. We're going to get to that again this week. We've got two portfolios that we've done, one that's about three months old, one that's about a month old, a little over a month. No, actually, it's about a month and a day old now. That one is doing really well, uh, and we probably need to show a little bit more about that one. One thing that we did do, just as a reminder, when we did that portfolio is I'm guiding you guys along, and we're buying as we go. So we're buying it on the show or saying, hey, we're getting ready to buy this project on the show so you guys can join in and make a decision on whether or not you want to research those out and do it yourself and kind of follow along on the portfolio. Anyway, a lot of questions coming in today. Let's get over to it. 
So we can kind of take on some of these and kind of go from there. All right, so coming in from UnKT, Sand Mana. I'm assuming you want to know if it's Sand or or Sand Better or Sand Worse <laughs> than Mana. Uh, so Sandbox, if you haven't had a chance, we got a couple of videos that I want you to watch if you have not watched them. Check the two analysis videos that we did on Sandbox. Um, I would say if I was choosing between those two uh, two projects, I would definitely go with Sandbox right now. That's just my personal opinion. It's not financial advice, but it's what I've done. Mana, though, is an interesting project, and it continues to perform very well. But when you look at the long-term capability of any of these projects, remember, don't get caught up in FOMO. Don't get caught up. Sure, if you want to trade short or you want to trade in a position where you're in and you're out, like on a swing trade, maybe it's a two- or three-day trade. Okay, those are. I do the same thing. But when I want to put money in to something that's a much longer flow, I have to understand what's happening in the fundamental side of the project. So you got to get into the founders, the backup, the funding, how they're structured, how are they rolling out on the roadmap. I talk about this a lot on really understanding it because that's the only fundamentals really that you can tune into because there's no financials to look at in many of these projects. Your financials are essentially relying on trade volume and what's happening in market cap out there on coin marketplace or coin market cap. So that's one thing. I would hold on to sand for a while. Mana, a little softer on that, but it's still not a bad a bad project. You know, I've owned Decentraland and still would buy Decentraland, but right now it's definitely definitely moving uh, very quickly. Any outlook for ADA? All right, is it worth the whole? Really appreciate your work. This is coming over from Sal XOX or Sal uh, Hugs Kiss Hug. <laughs> All right, so Sal, um, this is a hard one because there's a lot of Cardanians out there that have been on this project for quite some time. There's two frames of thought around Cardano right now. The struggle, first of all, that Cardano has had with the rollout of Purple and Alonzo, which was their upgrade. And it didn't necessarily, I think a lot of the price was priced in when Cardano got upwards of 250 a lot of that was priced in, and it just has never been able to recover from that. It's not like Solana. It's not, Aval it's not like Avalanche, even Algorand to a certain extent. However, at the same time, I often wonder if this project has just so far has not moved. Now, I have, I'm no longer a Cardano investor. I've, I've moved out of Cardano, um, and I think I talked about this way back when, when I felt like this was a project that we just needed to move from. And it was just my own personal situation of what I understand about Cardano that kind of pushed me in that direction. And I didn't really want to wait that long. I wanted to deploy that capital. So short term, if you have a lot of capital in there, you have to make a decision for your own self because it's likely that we probably will see a move in Cardano maybe a little later, especially in the altcoin run. I, do think, I don't think Cardano is going to get left behind, but I don't necessarily see it doing three, five, six, eight X gains out there. So just something to go there. Miles Martinez, D-Travel, like this one. This is something that just came up in the studio here this week on Monday, is that we need to take a look at D-Travel, take a look a little bit closer at somehow some of these travel projects are going to start affecting how blockchain will be moving into that industry. Because I think we will see a lot of that happening, especially just like real estate in general, I think is definitely going this direction. So definitely one to watch. I will try to see if we can't pull uh, something for you on that. If anything, on the travel space itself, we should probably do a deep dive 
because there's more than one. There's more than one to take a look at. So we should take, oh, okay, all right. So, <laughs> all right, I'm not going to read that about name, and there's a couple of interesting ones. I'll just mention this. Don't put this on screen, guys. <laughs> about um, Beamon is that, yes, it, it's one of the ones I've, I've invested in. It's not a performer for me. I'm not saying you should go get in that one. That's, that's just not one I'm loving right now. All right, here's Richard um, Plinta. What do you think we should do? Start dumping or start losing in crypto winter or hold for a longer, depending on risk levels? Thank you. All right. All right, so that is a very good question, Richard. Some people do believe we are at the top of the market. Now, if you look at Willy Woo, Plan B, or if you look at Cowan, or if you look at other analysts out there on, on crypto YouTube that I think are very credible, they are still looking at this as being a much different cycle. And I mentioned this in some of our videos. We just, I think we're getting ready to drop a Bitcoin video that the cycle is just different now. And I think a lot of people, other than a handful, still pointed to that this was gonna be another 80% drop in the cycle. I don't necessarily see us going there, uh, at least not to that level. We will see a, a, a retracement for sure. The question is, when you look at long-term holding, if you're a short-term holder, meaning less than a year in projects or trying to invest in something, but if you're going out four or five years out like most people look at investments, this is really not going to have any effect on you because you're going to see the, the um, benefits of the next layer of where Bitcoin starts to move, meaning the next halving. And I think just because the ecosystem has completely rounded out now, and we haven't seen all the implementations, and what I mean by that is gaming, NFTs, and we've talked about this before, obviously DeFi, and now with so many more altcoin projects being live and running, I feel like this one is a little different game than what it was in 2017. I shouldn't say a little, a lot different game than 2017. So I would say sell where you can, take your profits if you don't, or not interested in holding that project for long term, take your profits, and then maybe either set back on the sidelines and wait for certain, you know, great 5x, 10x, watch the DGEN projects, maybe you go that direction, which I've been doing a lot more of, even though it's still only a percentage of my portfolio, uh, but definitely something in terms of a strategy. Please comment on Place War Prospects. We did a video with Place War, had their CEO on. Uh, pleasant lady, if you have not checked out that place where video, uh, they they seem to be on the right track. It's still an intriguing project to me, very small, but also one that I think has the potential to be one of the players in the game. So there's going to be a lot of game projects, especially in the 18, next 18 months, that really uh, pan out. And I think if you are a, if you're in gaming and you're fin and if you're in an NFTs then you have to watch Place War as a potential of being there. There's several, though, that I would, would jump in. We've got a lot of gaming footage and coverage that we do on the show here. We try to update those weekly now. There's just so much action on those projects, so definitely going in. Um, oh, my God, we are seeing stuff come in that is very interesting. Dean Sabando, uh, what are your perspectives on tryhards? This has been brought up in our studio for a few days now. I'm still a little skeptical on it, but I'm not totally out on it. I'm trying, they're trying to sell me on this project, but it's one that I'm not completely in. And I haven't done enough research, which again, on you, you've got to go out there and really dive deep in it. Remember, there are 10,000 plus projects out there. I would say that there are closer to 12,000 projects now from the last, um, at least the last, last reports I've seen. 
just because of the growth we've seen in the gaming sector and NFTs. So there's just so much coming at the industry right here. All right, so will XRP see the light of day during this prolonged bull run? Uh, Crimson Rose, this I think is a very tough question to answer. A lot of people were really pointing to the end of the year, even to myself, pointing to the end of the year. And what we've seen both from Gary Gensler and also just in general from the judge of their willingness to allow this to continue to carry on has been a bit surprising to me, especially for a federal court case, because those typically are so highly scrutinized and they're very political in in essence, because in many cases, I mean, you're using taxpayer money to run these things and, and tie up a federal court system that needs to be utilized for really big deals, even though this one is a massive uh, potential impact. But I don't know. I feel like this is going to take a little longer than a lot of people have in, even consistently anticipated this to be closed out by the end of the year. Many people were looking back in Dece- or September, I think. Obviously, we're now in December. But I don't think it's going to happen before the end of the year. Now we're in the no man's land of too many holidays. And just this is this the way federal government works. So likelihood is I don't think we're going to see this pump unless something happens in January or early February. And that's only if the altcoin season does not see a massive run up in January. So be on the lookout for that. Mono, seems like everything revolves around Matic and yet the price never goes up. I don't know. Matic is on the move today. And we've seen a little bit of movement on this. Let's see where Matic is holding on the chart. Let's see where she's holding there. Are you in there? There it is. Did I miss it? Are my eyes going? Let's go. There we go. So 12, 13% on the week, 10% on the day. So that's a nice little juice. If you guys, this is one of my holdings that's more of a long-term project. Uh, hold for me. So Matic is in my portfolio along with a handful of others. I think I've mentioned these before. One is Luna. Uh, I love Phantom uh, and I do like Matic. And of course, you know, the, the typical suspects in there, which is ETH, even though Sandbox, geez, this thing has become a quick accelerant just because of the growth into my top five portfolio positions. I did not anticipate that project to move up the charts that quickly. And actually, I think it broke top 100 this week on CoinMarketCap. So another one, Sky Limitless, we want Avalanche and Luna ecosystem explored, explored in depth. Avalanche, we've done a little bit on this. We can dive a little deeper on that one. Luna, we have went into Luna around mostly Mirror Protocol and Anchor Protocol, but I do agree with you. I think there are a lot more things that we can look into these because Avalanche and Luna, both very strong projects, big leads. Check out John Wu's interview with us. Uh, we've done a couple with John. We got to get him back on the show. That would probably be a good thing. We did one right before Avalanche Rush, and um, Avalanche continues to, I think, surprise a lot of people. Watch out for them. Watch out for Avalanche. All right, let's go with uh, Letitia. What about VeChain? I own VeChain. Um, again, just another project out there. I think it stands the test of time. It's one of those I think will hang around for a while, and we'll probably see a little bit more uh, in terms of its movement. Now, is it a long-term hold for me? Probably not. I might push that off into another project as it starts to fade in terms of just performance-wise, at least in my portfolio. That's Maybe that doesn't work for you guys. There was a question there, uh, the 2.4 million on uh, Sandbox. I don't know if you guys can bring it back. Anyway, 
We'll get back to that later. There it is. Land being sold last week, 2.4 on Decentraland. Um, do you think it's going to reach a new all-time high? Well, Decentraland was flying, so could it? Yes, easily. Decentraland, just because it is metaverse-related, uh, very cued into the space. But again, you heard my opinion on Decentraland. Not that it's a bad project, but if I had to compare it against a sandbox, okay, I'm leaning sandbox. But it wouldn't be a scenario... If, listen, if Sandbox didn't exist, the central mana would be kind of the game player right there. Even though, I, I don't know, there's a handful that could be in there with it, but I still like Decentraland, as I said, as more of a short term. If I was long holding, I'm going to go Sandbox on that route. Anyway, but it could reach an all-time high there for sure. All right, you guys, if you have not jumped into the Diamond Circle, you got to get in. It's free. It's easy to join. Uh, just kick, click the link below. That's going to take you over and sign up. Thanks for all the signups. We've, we've really had uh, an amazing growth here on the channel. We continue to grow mainly because of you, because you're out there sharing this video with people that are learning about crypto and in general blockchain for the first time. We have so many new viewers and it's all because of you guys, because you're helping spread the word. And guess what? That's going to help the ecosystem grow. It's going to put more retail investment into the space. And best of all, it's going to help people get their head around how this changes the global monetary system. That's the most important thing around anything when it comes to cryptocurrency. So if you guys love all that stuff, continue to share them, you know, the videos, drop them out there on Twitter, wherever it is you want to share this. Um, even, you know, I've seen a lot coming at us on Telegram even here lately, even though we do not reach out to you. And by, by the way, scam alert. Telegram, we have a lot of impersonators. Do not engage with people or us or people trying to be us on Telegram or WhatsApp. We don't do that. We'll either reach out to you in the Diamond Circle, which is via email from us, and you'll see that it's from us. That's the only way we'll reach out. The only other way that we'll reach out to someone or talk to someone is on Twitter and in the DMs. And you can follow me at Paul Barron, or you can follow the, the channel, which is Paul Barron TV. All right, we'll catch you next time right here on TechBat.